At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? Pretty fantastic, man. Not, not too shabby. Can't complain. Dude, it has been several weeks since you and I have sat down behind the mic. And uh, I got to tell you, man, we've got a great show for you guys tonight. We've got a wonderful episode to talk about with a lot of big uh, changes in the uh, the whole life of Mr. Barry Allen and his amazing friends. Uh, but there's been some changes in our lives as well. Uh, just really Really briefly, just to kind of catch you guys up on what's going on with the bow and the bell before we jump into the show. Uh, bell, man, you've got a new addition as part of your household. I do. I, I recently got a Corgi puppy uh, named Corgan Dallas. Uh, oh, man. I'm, I'm shocked that you did not name it Ein after the Corgi from uh, Cowboy Bebop. Well, that, that was actually uh, in the top runnings. It was between Ein and Corgan Dallas. And then I decided to go with the pun name because, you know, everybody names their, their Corgan or their, their Corgi Ein. I mean, so. does everybody, does everybody, Bell? Not everybody, everybody, but a lot of people. <laughs> I, I, but I, you know, I, I'm a big fan of, of, of crappy puns, and so I, I had to go with Corgan Dallas. Oh, uh, yeah, as as anybody who's listened to this show for any length of time can tell, that is absolutely the case. You are definitely a proponent <laughs> of the, uh, the terrible puns. Uh, I'll tell you something else that you're a proponent of, and this is something really great. So we actually announced uh, during the hiatus over on Twitter and on Facebook that you and I, man, we are entering into a new realm uh, in, in terms of, you know, creating content for people to enjoy. We've got a brand new Twitch channel. Yes, we do. Uh, so twitch.com slash panel to screen. We will have a, uh, a semi-regular show called Bell and Bo play DCUO. Uh, this will actually be running congruently with the launch of DC Universe Online on the Xbox. Really excited. Very thankful to our friends at DC Universe Online for helping us get the word out on this new Twitch channel. We look forward to playing that game and uh, hopefully get some feedback from you guys as well. We'll be taking some polls as we build up to the launch of DCUO on Xbox, uh, finding out whether or not you guys want us to play heroes whether or not you want us to play villains I'll, I'll tell you right now are you leaning hero or villain uh you know i don't know it's it, both sides are fun right and, and and maybe we should we should at least have characters where you and i are on opposite ends of the spectrum and we fight each other there, but, I mean, there is that right so maybe yeah. we should maybe we should make uh, some villains and some heroes we could go that route I, I think we definitely need to base some villains off of our our brogues uh, characters and actually create a weather bro and a cold bro of the uh, <laughs> of oh, the DCUO. Certainly, certainly, gotta happen. But uh, the, the bros and the DCUO, it's gotta happen. I'm yeah, telling you, man. Yeah. If it rhymes, it must be a thing. Yeah. Well, look, I tell you what doesn't rhyme, but we're gonna do it this time. 
Oh, I did make it rhyme. <laughs> I'm talking, of course, about this wonderful episode of The Flash. So let's go ahead and waste no more of your time. Let's jump into The Rundown. The, the Rundown. Rundown. Episode 10 of Season 2. We're back, baby. Potential Energy. Directed by Rob Hardy and story by... Brian Q. Miller. Oh, that guy. Bell. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> what happened this episode? Well, as Dr. Wells struggles to try and find ways to increase Barry's speed, Cisco presents a new idea to slow Zoom down. Cisco tells the team about a metahuman whom he has dubbed the Turtle, who has the ability to stop kinetic energy around him and thus slow everyone to a halt. After Barry fails to stop the Turtle at a diamond unveiling, the team sets a trap at a local art exhibit. Barry invites Patty with the intention of telling her his secret, but the Turtle is aware of the trap and almost succeeds in killing Patty before escaping. Later, the Turtle kidnaps Patty in an effort to punish the Flash. The team tracks down the Turtle, and Barry is able to generate enough speed to move through the kinetic waves the Turtle creates to knock him unconscious and save Patty. Later, Patty tells Barry that she is leaving Central City, and Dr. Wells kills the Turtle while extracting a portion of his brain. Meanwhile, Joe struggles to develop a relationship with Wally, who has been street racing in an attempt to earn enough money to pay for his mother's medical bills. Full disclosure. Um, okay, so we are doing the best we can with what we've got, and what we've got is not much. As we record tonight's episode, I'm actually uh, sitting in a hotel room here in Pittsburgh, beautiful Pittsburgh, beautiful snow coming down, but the internet connection is absolutely terrible, and uh, honestly, this may end up being probably the, the poorest overall quality show that we've ever produced. But um, that being said, man, uh, the turtle, uh, based off of the original Golden Age turtle, uh, which was then later turned into the Turtle Man, uh, Turtle Man has been featured on our Rogues Rumble. This uh, it, this iteration of the character, very reminiscent of the original. But the beautiful thing is, which which you may or may not know, is that the the name of the turtle from the CW's Flash is actually a nod to two podcasters, friends of the show, Steve Glosson and Derek Russell, uh, also friends of Brian Q. Miller, the the writer for this particular episode, uh, threw their names in and turned them into the uh, the uh, slow fat villainous turtle. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's super cool it's like yeah i'm in the episode wait a second <laughs> yeah no man i think uh i think they uh find a lot of <laughs> i don't know i'll be tuning into their show starkville labs to, to to get their commentary on uh, how they feel about that but now I, I talked to derek several months back when he found out that um the bear that uh, brian was going to do that for him and uh he was ecstatic so i know they were uh, very much looking forward to that. And, uh, just any, any time that, uh, podcasting and traditional media can cross paths, it, it makes me happy. So really, really great. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So the turtle, man, uh, any, any, uh, what, what are your thoughts on this character? Well, so I, I really liked the, uh, the visual effects that they used to display his powers. I thought that was really cool. Uh, I, he came across as like a really creepy dude, which I thought was neat. Um, the whole like, you know, serial killer trophy collector thing. That was an interesting angle. Yeah, I because uh, you know a lot of these other rogues, you know, they're they're uh, you know the, the, traditionally they're like petty criminals and stuff like that. This dude kind of has that like crazy psycho edge. <laughs> yeah, he so really that was, does that was, a, a psycho edge that was kind of flipped around on him when Barry had that line near the end of the episode about like you know now you're one of our greatest. What, what did you, what did you say to him? Uh, you're you're one of our prized possessions. Yeah, that was that was a little creepy coming from Barry. Yeah, yeah, and, and plus like so. I, I will say this though that 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 did kind of bother me when I saw that they put him in the pipeline, only because I was under the impression that Ironheights 
was able to handle MetaHuman. Yeah, they so. really need to address this because they started off this season, you know, explaining that. And we kind of gave them, I say we, we did not, but the, I think the fan community as a whole gave them a pass uh, with some of these Earth 2 villains. But we have no indication that the turtle is of Earth 2. I mean, if anything, Cisco's been yeah. tracking this guy for some time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, so, so first off, let me, uh, I'll touch on that. Uh, and then I'll go back to the, uh, to put him in the pipeline. But yeah, I, I really liked how they introduced him. The fact that Cisco had been tracking this guy for, for months, like, uh, or, you know, since last year, I thought that was a really neat way to introduce his character. As in, you know, they're, 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 they're sifting through news stories and police reports looking for metahumans. And they thought this guy was a speedster just based on the, on how the crimes were committed. So I, I think that's 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 a cool way for them to introduce villains and rogues from Earth One without having to do everybody every bad guy this season from Earth Two just like a Zoom bad guy, you know. So that's good. I, I really liked how they did that. Now going back to the pipeline, uh, I like like we were saying, you know, I, I thought Iron Heights was where they, they could could handle metahumans. Now the fact that they didn't do that at first, I was perturbed, and then I understood exactly why. Uh, because they had to, right? They had to keep him in the in the pipeline because they had they they wanted uh Doctor Wells to to kill him and take part of his brain. So it would have been a lot more difficult for Doctor Wells to break into Iron Heights and 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 you know take that brain sample uh, than it would be if he was in the pipeline. Yeah, yeah, that and was that was some pretty dark moment moments there too with the whole you know reading the the journal entry to his daughter and yeah. how he's just willing to do that, anything to save. I mean, dude, Harrison Wells of earth two is straight up evil, man. I yeah, mean, yeah. Mor- morally gray at, at best. Yeah. He, he's definitely, when it comes to his daughter, there are no, there, there, there are no morals for him. He right. will do anything that it takes. He will murder people. He will do anything, uh, to, to protect his family, protect those that he loves. So basically what you need to do if you're in this world and you and and you live with Doctor Wells is you need to become one of his loved ones somehow, <laughs> and then, then then you'll be fine. <laughs> well, so let me ask you this because he gave Barry that whole spiel about you know don't don't fall in love, don't have connections because whatever connections you have, Zoom will take from you. At first, I was thinking he was giving that spiel as a means to throw Barry off. You know, with his yeah, you know, he's got this deal with Zoom where he's he's trying to you know, do his bidding to some extent in order to save his daughter. But do you think that was actually earnest? Do you think that's out of caring, almost like saying, Barry, I've done this. I, I know what happened. Zoom has taken from me the people that I love the most. He'll do the same for you. That was my interpretation of what that what that line was. It was it was him. It was H.G. Wells or not H.G. Wells. It was Wells actually having a moment of, of sympathy with Barry saying, look, you know, this this is the path that I've been down uh, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it hurts and it's real bad and you don't I don't want you to go through the same thing because, and, and it might be there. There might because this is this is Harry we're talking about. There could mm. be some ulterior motive there. Maybe he doesn't want uh, Zoom to get a hold of Barry's loved ones because he doesn't want you know Zoom to have leverage on Barry, and he can make Barry do things like I don't know, take out Harry if need be. Mm. Well, so but 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 I think I I think though it was it was it was a genuine kind of moment. Hey, look, be careful because when you have loved ones and zoom finds out that you have loved ones. He can take those loved ones from you. I'll exploit it. So, so let's talk about uh, loved ones. I mean, obviously this is a pretty monumental episode when it comes to the Barry pivots, uh, spivots rather the, uh, batty, batty for patty, batty for patty. This is, uh, I guess, uh, we're no longer batty for patty. Batty, uh, Barry can't be batty for patty anymore. Well, she's yeah, moving on. Man. Like, I, I felt so bad for him, man. Cause they had such good chemistry. 
Well, eh, they thought. did have such good chemistry, but honestly, he should have told her a long time ago. Oh, sure. Yeah. He blew it. Like I have, I, you know, I feel real bad for him, but then again, I have a, a hard time feeling bad for him because he kind of blew it. Like, you know, she's smart. She's trustworthy. You know, she, she, uh, obviously Joe trusts her. So mm, mm, mm. I can't bury. Well, and plus, you know, I understand the idea of like, you know, the hero not wanting to get close. And so keeping his life and who he is and, and everything at arm's length to people he would otherwise care about. But I mean, Barry's already started a relationship with her. Like her knowledge that he's the Flash doesn't change anything from that perspective, at least not for Zoom. I mean, Zoom, correct me if I'm wrong, but Zoom is well aware of who Barry is. He even ripped that mask off of him uh, last se- or well, at the first half of this season. Yeah, you know, I I, I kind of forgot about that. Zoom knows exactly who Barry is. Yeah. So, so if he saw Barry with Patty, it doesn't. Yeah. It, there's no, there's no legitimate reason for her protection or something or her not knowing. So yeah, I've, I've, I've been, you know, I've been kind of silently judging Barry for not, for not letting her in early on. And I think she has every, every right to walk out at this point. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, I've never been all that invested, honestly, in their, in their relationship. They do have such good chemistry. They're, they're great together, but you know, you know, Iris, you know, Iris is his future. Yeah, I do, but I just, I don't know. I, I I thought they worked well together. I liked it. I was hoping it would last, you know, a whole season. But then again, we don't know what's going to happen. No, man. Uh, I was actually talking with my roommate about this, and uh, it's it's interesting because there's this flash, you know, these, these these reoccurring nightmares that Barry has about Patty dying. Right. And so maybe maybe that was something that was kind of preventing him from telling her. But now he has a situation where, yeah, it sucks and yeah, it's painful, but now she's moving away and he doesn't have to worry about that anymore. And so it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I, I, I she's moving on and that kind of sucks. But now maybe these dreams aren't going to happen. The, the, you know, the, this, this, this sort of, you know, ominous nightmare that I have won't take place. Yeah, I would imagine so, you know, to some extent that's got to be kind of a load off for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and But then again, we don't know. Maybe, maybe that's like, Maybe it's part of Zoom's plan? No, I just, I don't think that Zoom, I think this is just Barry made it, made his bed and now he has to sleep in it. You know what I mean? Like, I think this is kind of his chickens coming home to roost. I don't think this is any kind of master plan that Zoom had. Um, and, and, you know, I, like I said, I, me personally, I like Patty, like her just fine. Thought they had great chemistry. It was a lot of fun. They were having fun. She wants more. And I think it's good for her to bounce because again, Iris is his future. And he is not just her white shadow, but that's sir what uh, that's what Wally thinks. Yeah, <laughs> that, that that is a good point. You know, I mean, it, eventually we know that this relationship wasn't going to be permanent just because Iris, you know, and Barry. That's that's like that's that's the whole thing, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So here's the thing. I mean, during season one, with the whole Iris and Barry thing, the the brother and sister uh, Lannister esque nature of that relationship kind of kind of hung over uh, the two of them. And, and even though they had great chemistry and obviously they're destined for one another, you know, there was a little bit of a Luke and Leia thing going on that uh, some people might not have uh, may not have sat well with them. I think bringing in Wally as Iris's brother and kind of solidifying more of a, you know, I guess a natural family unit or a or biological connection to a brother as opposed to what Barry is, which is not a biological brother, um, I think is interesting. In fact, you know, the, I, I find it, I, I don't know if odd's the right word or maybe telling that the Wally story and Wally getting connected with Joe and with Iris 
Barry's nowhere to be seen. Like he makes that one offhand comment about him being their white shadow, but, but he's not really all that involved, which I kind of find odd. I would have expected Barry to be much more involved with the West's, you know, incorporating this, this newest member of the family. Yeah. And, and he came to the dinner, you know, cause, cause Joe wanted him to the, at the dinner, obviously. And so he came to the dinner and, uh, after that, we don't really see Barry kind of step in and, and do anything. And I, I wonder if that's just more him seeing that, you know, with, with Wally not showing up for the dinner and all this kind of stuff, maybe he's just taking a, you know, he's backing off and being like, look, I don't want to be, I know I was kind of a surrogate brother for your sister and now you're her real brother. And I don't want to like intrude on that. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it, it is kind of, it is kind of strange to see Barry take a back seat to this whole thing. It's an odd place to be. You know, Joe has been, I, I, I feel like Joe has handled this very, very well. Um, I, I won't say surprisingly well because of course Joe's super dad, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> whatever the situation, yeah. Joe's going to handle it. Um, in fact, actually I thought it was really interesting and, and very mature. If I can even use that word, of Joe to handle the whole Wally, you know, being the street racer and, and him giving all this pushback and Joe being like, you know what? You're right. I, I don't know you. Yeah. You don't know me. Like, like we can't just all of a sudden pretend that we've, we've got a natural family unit. Uh, and handles it in such a way that it's like, Oh, come on, Wally. You're like, like, you know, like that, that's the kind of yeah. man you want, you want for your dad. <laughs> don't screw this up. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. Like I, it was so well done. So well done. Like, you know, Joe is super dad. And so Joe tails him, finds out he's doing the street racing and his, his super dad instinct takes over, you know, had, had Wally grown up with him and stuff, you know, that's when the disappointment comes out. And that's when, you know, you, you would expect Wally to, to feel, you know, badly disappointed in his dad. But that's the thing is like, he doesn't view him as his dad right now. And he's kind of insulted by the fact that Joe just wants to just all of a sudden be the super dad in his life. And so when I saw that, I was like, I, I, I wonder what, where they're going to go with that. And then when Joe apologized and was like, look, you know, I overstepped my bounds. Uh, I, I, I realized that I haven't been in your life and let's just, let's just talk as people and not as father's son. You don't have to pretend that you want to be here and you want to be my son. And I'm not going to sit here and try to shove super dad down your throat. And, and I, I, that was very realistic. You know, that, that, yeah. that was a real, uh, a real moment. And, and, and a lot of times you just don't see those because, like, there's a lot of cliches and stuff like that involved. But I, that just felt so organic and so real. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I There was one moment one, once – it was kind of early on. But the when uh, – I guess it was Simbangi – or uh, Patrick Singh. When, uh, or Patrick Singh. <laughs> Captain Singh. Uh, <laughs> when Captain Singh came on, he's like, oh, you know, your dad is the best detective there is. And, you know, Wally's like, well, apparently not. I, I, I mean, I know he's being a punk kid because it's like, you know – but still, I thought that was a little uncalled for. But I mean, it establishes how, his character, doesn't it? How on earth? Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And I mean, like the thing is, like even even when Wally's being a little bit of a you know kind of a jerk uh, to Joe, you still kind of like him. You know, what? there's like a general likability to this Wally. Yeah, because because well, especially the the the, uh, the little speech he has at the street racing thing where he's like, if you're looking. You know, I, I'm the man of the house. That position has been filled. That was that was, you know, a really huge thing where, you know, it's like, yeah, Wally hasn't had a dad. You know, he he's had to take care of his mom, his junkie mom, mind you. Yeah. Uh, and so he's had to grow up a lot. He didn't you know, he didn't have all this kind of and, and you feel for him. Right. And, and, it, and it makes you 
makes you feel for him and it makes you understand a little bit of, of where this kind of snarky cynicism comes from. It's because, you know, he didn't have the best upbringing. And so a lot of times people will turn to that cynicism sort of as, as like a defensive mechanism. And whatnot. Yeah, but I hate that, man. Like, I, I mean, I hate it in like an emotional sense because, I mean, from Wally's legitimate perspective, Joe is kind of a kind of the bad guy like kind of this person who who abandoned you know his mom to you know this debauchery wherever she found herself and he's had to live with the consequences but joe had no knowledge you know what i mean like joe had no knowledge yeah. that he had a son and it's just you know it's one of these situations where there's really no bad guy but there's a ton of guilt on either side and there's a ton of blame on either side and it's just all over the place. It's such a messy situation and makes for really good TV drama, if we're being serious. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Because a lot of uh, – it, <laughs> it's funny, right? Because a lot of Wally's anger is directed towards his dad who had no idea he had a son. And if he knew he had a son, would have done everything in his power to raise the kid right. Mm. But Wally doesn't know that. Wally only knows that his mother – you know, was basically forced out of that relationship. And, and who knows what, what, uh, what Mama West told him. But honestly, the real bad guy here is Mama West. Oh, absolutely. If Mama West had told Papa Joe and said, hey, look, you got this boy, uh, then the situation would have been completely different. Yep. No, you, you're not wrong. I hate her. I hate her more than H.G. Wells. I, like, I hate her more than Zoom. <laughs> I'm telling you, she is, she is the, the, the biggest villain. <laughs> she is the most evil villain of the series. Yeah. I mean, if Wally wants anybody to blame, it's his mother. And that's what's sad is because he loves his mother so much. And he like he's doing all this stuff for her, uh, paying paying her medical bills, all this kind of stuff. And in reality, the she's directly to blame for uh, for him not having a father. What about Iris, though? I mean, it seems like Iris and Wally are getting along pretty well. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to recall some of their scenes together. They had one I, scene really in particular. Stuck. You're right. It didn't necessarily stick, but it, at the same time, it also didn't feel like I didn't pick up on animosity between the two. Yeah. So I, I get the sense well, that they're melding. It's it's easier to find out you have a sibling and want to instantly bond with a sibling as opposed to a parent where there's all this, you know, uh, perception of obligation or, or, you know, scars. You, know, you get scarred from your parents. You don't get as scarred from your siblings. Right. And, and, and for all we know, uh, uh, Mama West may have not even told him he had a sister. Oh, that's true. I didn't think about it like that. And so, you know, cause, cause that's like, you know, just like when Joe found out, he's like, I have a son. He's all happy and giddy. And, you know, maybe Wally has the same thing. Yeah, sure. He's pissed, uh, at his dad for not being in his life, but he had no idea. His sister, he's like, Oh, cool. I have a sister. This is, this is neat. Like, you know, let's explore this and, and it'll be fun, you know? So I, I, I can see there definitely not being animosity between them. Uh, because it seems like Wally's directing all of his hatred towards his dad, which <laughs> is completely undeserved. But we'll we'll see how they how they grow that, and I think that'll be fun to watch them, uh, you know, get to know each other. Well, we did have a scene with Iris and Patty as Patty was trying to kind of unpack Barry and uh, went to Iris as an ally, which I thought was hilarious because it's like no. No, 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 no. She, <laughs> Iris is not pulling for you. Like, why? I love yeah, that you tried yeah. to go there, but no, 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 no. Yeah. That, that that was kind of an awkward sort of thing. I was like, I don't know. If she's the best one. <laughs> Maybe Caitlin. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I guess if 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 ever if of all the uh, the ladies of the Flash, definitely Caitlin would be the the one most likely to be an ally for her. But no, I, I just imagine um I just imagine uh, like a scene where you know Patty comes up for uh, you know like a panel of Barry's uh, the women in Barry's life, and it's like Linda Park and Iris are just kind of staring her down like no no no. No, no, no. 
you you can you 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 go back to Keystone or wherever it is you came from. <laughs> yeah, you you go to CSI school. You go do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You leave Barry alone. He's our man. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what's interesting though? I uh, she's going to be a CSI. She's already really smart. Uh, CSI, and she has that kind of Keystone. CSI Mac. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but what if what if she goes to CSI school, she gets her CSI degree, and she tries to come back to Central City and find out who the Flash is? Wouldn't that be neat? Yeah, you know, I, I was I kind of half expected her to say that she knew that Barry was the Flash. Of course, Barry, uh, you know, conflicted throughout all of this. It was great. Actually, Patty ended up, you know, being something of an inspiration in his uh, battle against the turtle in that he was pushing himself, I think. I think it's safe to say he's pushing himself faster than he's run before, uh, given that the turtle was almost like, you know, kinetically slowing him down, putting a barrier in between him and uh, what he's been able to achieve. So in a way, you know, the fastest we've ever seen him run is is to break the time barrier. This put him in a situation where he had to push himself further without actually breaking the time barrier. So even though he came across as slower, I'm thinking this is actually, in a weird way, the fastest we've ever seen Barry run. Yeah, the fastest that the show wants us to think that he's run. Because if you were to do the math on a lot of some of the, a lot of these scenes and stuff where he's running, like especially the one where he's fighting uh, uh, Mark Martin in season one, mm-hmm. and the lightning bolts coming through the car, and he's like watching the lightning bolt come through the sunroof or whatever. Right, right, yeah. Because you know, lightning travels at two hundred and thirty thousand miles an hour or something like that, and so if he's seeing it travel that slowly, he's going incredibly fast. Right, but. That's OMG science, and that's not, you know, the fastest that he has gone according to the show in canon. What did uh, what did Caitlin say? It was like Mach something, Mach, Mach 2? I can't Mach remember, three. but one way or the other. I yeah. mean, I judge it based on the accomplishments rather than the actual science behind it. So, like, you know, running, running, the, breaking the time barrier to me is the thing that is like, okay, nobody else can do that but the Flash, right? I mean, yes, yeah. the speed force is involved, but if the idea is that he's running just that fast – then that's something that he can do. And apparently the reverse flash, we'll get to that in a second. Um, but here he's having to run even faster than that, right? Like he's pushing himself even yeah. further in order to break this kinetic no. barrier that the turtle has thrown up. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because it, you know, there, there is some kind of science that can go along with that where, uh, yes, he's, he, if the kinetic barrier wasn't up there, he probably would have broken the, the, the time barrier on that, uh, with the run that he was doing. But because of, the time barrier or the, the the kinetic energy barrier that he has on there uh it, it's it's like relativity you know like if you're in a train going 99.999 the speed of light mm-hmm. and you're you're in the back of the cart and you start running technically your combined momentum is faster than the speed of light but relative to you you're only running two miles an hour ah. or whatever well there you go so barry might have been running faster than, the, than the, the, the time barrier, but because of the kinetic barrier, relatively, he was running slower. Yeah. Interesting. Well, let's talk about breaking the time barrier because, of course, at the very end of this episode, we get the return, or, or, or so it seems, of Eobard Thawne. Man, breaking the time barrier, more like breaking time. Well, <laughs> because maybe, maybe not. Because erased from... Yeah, I, I'm so excited about ne- next week's episode, man. Uh, do you think we're going to get answers next week? We're gonna get. We're gonna get. I guess the epi- isn't the episode called the Return of Zoom or Return of Eobarthon or something like that. Uh, the Reverse Flash Returns. Yeah, so I think it's safe to say that we're gonna get some answers then. 
Um, but here's the thing. When Eobard pops up, if I'm not mistaken, that's the same street that he originally ended up on, which was Barry Street, right? That's what it looked like to me. That That's what I thought. And so great throwback there. But here's the question. Earth one or Earth two? Because I don't think they specified. You know, they don't. And it, so so that's what I was going to say. Like, I, I think what we're going to see is we're going to see some answers to our initial holy crap, the reverse fla- flashes back questions. But then they're going to lay a whole bunch of other questions on us that are probably not going to get answered until until later in the season. But I'm guessing, actually, that that since you said that, that kind of to make me think, and that's probably maybe the reason why they go to Earth two, because we know they go to Earth two, right? They've been talking about it, so maybe somehow Eobard came back to Earth two, even though he was erased from existence. Well, he was erased from really. existence on Earth one. I mean, I, theoretically, there could be an Eobard Thon of Earth two. Um. I, you know, I've, I've made the argument before that I don't see how that makes sense that the Eobarthon of Earth 2, if there's not a Barry Allen who's the Flash, why on Earth would there be an Eobarthon? However, they've proven they can kind of take things in their own narrative. And so it, this, it's very possible that the Eobarthon, uh, which, you know, again, uh, it, taking kind of creative, a lot of creative license here, they, they could have it so that the Eobarthon of Earth 2 is actually a hero. And perhaps he is coming to the past in an attempt to destroy Zoom. There was something in the tone of voice that he had when he was talking to Gideon um, that was somewhat more friendly than the Eobard that we've seen in the past. Although the fact that he had Gideon is also somewhat telling because we know the Gideon of Earth-1 was actually created by Barry Allen. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. When, when he comes back in time and he's like, you know, where the heck am I? It didn't seem villainous when he said it. Right. There was a tone you know? in his voice. That, that, like, yeah. something, something's different. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt really different. Now, I will say, so the preview, uh, later on in the preview, when they show him, he looks pretty, uh, pretty angry. <laughs> so, I don't know how this good streak, you know, how long this good streak will last, but, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. Cause, yeah, what if, what if the reverse flash of Earth 2 is actually a good guy? Well, they do call him the reverse flash, but then again, maybe, well, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I don't even have theories. Like that's the thing. I have no speculation here because I don't think there's any legitimate grounds for us to speculate. Like I think they're gonna pull something completely out of left field with all of this, which I'm totally fine with. I think that's cool. They've done such a great job so far. I, I can't wait to see where they take. No, it. No, I trust them. I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I, you know, we'll, we'll definitely see where they take it. Hey, uh, one thing that we haven't talked about for this episode yet, or, or two in particular characters, is uh, Caitlin Snow and Jay. Uh, anything you have to say about Caitlin Snow and Jay? I kind of forgot they were an item. Yep, so did I. And I think that's going to do it for us for this episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Look, I look. I love Jay Garrick, and I'm excited that he's here. But man, I really wish that he was used in a little bit of a better capacity. And the fact that they brought him into Earth One and then clipped his wings so that he can't do anything has been something of a very uninteresting plotline. Yeah, I want them to, so, I mean, clearly he has McGregor syndrome, uh, and that's gonna be the impetus for them to defeat Zoom so they can get his speed back so they can cure him of McGregor's. But honestly, I would much rather there be two flashes fighting Zoom. Absolutely. And, you know, cool, yeah, like cool stuff like that. Like that, that, that's, that's what I was hoping for in season two when we saw that Jay Garrick was coming. 
like maybe like a mentor mentee kind of thing or them teaming up and fighting, you know, more difficult villains and stuff. And we got a little uh, bit of that and, mentor mentee for sure. But and they quickly almost like scooted that to the side and used Harrison Wells of Earth 2 to, to continue on that uh, that role of, of mentor. But I mean, that, there was yeah. that moment right at the very end of season one where Eobard says to Barry when, when the when the hat comes through, he's like, what's that? It's like, that's my reason to leave. Like there, there's this emphasis that holy crap, you know. It's freaking Jay Garrick. And then when we get Jay Garrick, he's, you know, he's, he's normal guy. He's not the flash. And so it's, it's really, yeah. you know, I, I hope he doesn't like, yay, got my speed back and now I'm healthy. Uh, here's a quick montage of the two of us fighting and now I'm going to bout to earth too. Like I, I really, I do, I, I, I'm wanting some Jay Garrick flash. I'm, I'm really hoping that we get a good amount of Jay Garrick flash while he's on our, our earth. So the sooner that can happen, the better. Yeah. And, and, you know, Harry even calls him a coward, basically, like he's running from Zoom. And so I, I wouldn't think that Reverse Flash would be scared of someone who is scared of Zoom. Right. You know, so so that's interesting. That's interesting. But, uh, yeah, I, I really want to see I, I agree with you. I really want to see some Jay Garrick Flash and some cool, like, dual speedster awesomeness. Oh, I mean, we've got some components. I mean, you know, we got Jay, we got Wally. Soon, at some point, we may have Bart. Who knows? Maybe even this Eobard situation may be a um, maybe a storyline that leads us to Bart. Could be. So glad. glad whenever time travel is involved, that opens up a lot of uh, doors. Uh, Gideon, I want to. I want to circle back to this Gideon thing, though, real quick, because of course we haven't seen Gideon at all this season, which has been really disappointing. So the fact that she is popping back, I mean, do you think that we will actually get some more interaction with our Gideon? <laughs> you know that that has kind of irked me about this whole season is that we're 10 episodes in and they have a supercomputer from the future <laughs> and ha- have not yet asked it anything or gotten anything from it or or you know they just it, it's collecting dust spoiler alert man closet. they had episode seven come out during the hiatus maybe that was the whole reason like well don't ask it any questions it might give us spoilers for uh star wars episode seven well at this point <laughs> star wars episode seven is coming gone everybody's spoiled I was about to say some. I, I could, I could totally see Cisco going into the time room and be like, "Hey, Gideon, uh, you wouldn't happen to have a copy of Star Wars Episode Seven in your databanks, do you?" <laughs> you know what? Actually, if that was the case, he'd be like, "All right, do you have eight and nine? And can you just go ahead and play them right now? Pop the popcorn. <laughs> That'd be amazing. See that that that's how you use a supercomputer from the future. Oh man! But I mean, they hadn't even done that. They hadn't even gotten movies that hadn't even come out yet. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Maybe they have. Maybe what's happening off camera is Cisco's going back there and watching episode seven, eight, nine, whatever. You know, maybe actually Gideon is very active, giving uh, Cisco all kinds of spoilers for his favorite television shows and uh, and movies. <laughs> See, yeah, that, that, that's a thing. I mean, I wish they would at least have addressed it and been, you know, maybe they they go in there because I, I know Cisco tries to go in and they says, you know, this is a something that hadn't even been invented yet. I have no idea what to do. Uh, I, I wish at the very least they could have maybe, you know, brought the Gideon interface up and tried to get information from it. And it would say, no, I'm not responding to anybody, blah, 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 or something, you know. So so there's not just this weird feeling of just why don't you, I don't know, uh, use it. <laughs> hey, man, we got some great news, too, to talk about uh, in just a minute here. But first, let me tell you about, hey, our brand new sponsor for this podcast. I'm talking, of course, about 
geekfuel.com slash flash tv talk geek fuel great company if you like geeky goodness and we know you do because you wouldn't otherwise be listening to this podcast then you're going to want to check them out uh geek fuel is wonderful geeky goodies every single month arriving at your door they've got excellent affordable plans to make sure that you've got the greatest and latest stuff that uh every geek could want so check them out geekfuel.com slash flash tv talk <laughs> i'm looking i'm looking at the uh at the site that's really neat isn't it great? They're a great company, man. Yeah, that, that's like super cool. <laughs> they actually, uh, they've got for January, they had a, a flash centric specific, uh, box as well. So they've got wonderful, great stuff. Look, uh, you, you like stuff. You're a geek, man. You, you know, you like your toys oh, yeah. and your statues and your video games and all the wonderful, great stuff that comes along with that. And Geek Fuel has definitely got you covered. It's a great way, by the way, to help out this podcast is by going to geekfuel.com slash flash TV talk, signing up with them, getting yourself some geeky stuff and getting yourself the knowledge that you are helping this podcast come to you rain sleet snow shine and even terrible hotel connections that's all happening because of the great support from geekfuel.com slash flash tv talk All right. So during the airing of this episode, there was uh, these clips, the dawn of the Justice League. Did you watch the special? All right. So here's the thing. I was unable to actually watch any of this live due to my being out of town, but I have watched the collective YouTube videos with the sneak peeks at um, uh, all these characters, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, even the Green Lantern Corps, Aquaman, and of course... The Flash with Ezra Miller actually talking a little bit about Barry Allen and, and uh, expressing we actually got through this uh, special some uh, facts about this take on Barry Allen, which is very similar to, of course, uh, the television series and the comics. Uh, Barry Allen, whose mother was killed, his father was blamed for it, went to jail. So they are going with that particular backstory for Barry Allen and uh, Ezra. You know, you do get the sense that he is playing a bit of a younger Barry Allen, a younger in terms of um, maybe attitude. What I mean, what what do you, what do you think? Obviously, we didn't actually get a chance to see any uh, fi- uh, footage from the film, but we did get to see some some concept art. And um, and I don't know. I feel like Ezra. I feel like he's kind of letting us know some things. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, you know what? Hold on. Let me let me. I want to rewatch his interview because I remember there's uh, now we're talking about. I remember uh, something that he said that kind of perked my ears up. While you're pulling that up, I'll also mention that, of course, we did get a chance to uh, see uh, this concept art of of all these characters. And, and I feel like uh, each one of these little specials had at least one. And it was kind of blinking. You miss it almost because you got a chance to see a lot of panels from the comics uh, and even and panels that are clearly inspiration for where they're taking the characters. But they would throw these little bits of um, concept art. I remember specifically for Aquaman, one where he's standing up with that tri- or uh, you know, kind of jumping over this rock with waves around him, holding the trident like he's about to like fall down and stab something. Throw it. <laughs> yeah, and then they also had one uh, cyborg in particular was one of his face damaged underneath the the cybernetic components. Actually, I actually found of all of them, I found the cyborg discussion probably the most interesting. In terms of, you know, saying that, you know, because of the modern era, the information age that we live in, Cyborg is is much more of a viable character than he was even when he first was introduced in the, uh, I want to say early 80s, late 70s, whenever it was that he was introduced in the Teen Titans. Um, and so it, it makes sense from where that character should fit in, in an overall universe, that he would be more of a leaguer as opposed to a Titan at this stage in the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, hold on. Let me watch this interview with Ezra right quick. 
We got The Flash. The Flash has been awesome on television. They're crushing it with it's The Flash been great. Show. This is another Flash, a version in the Justice League universe, the cinematic version of The Flash. Alan, his mother is killed. His father is blamed for it and put in prison. He becomes obsessed with forensic science. He wants to prove that his father was innocent. And one night, working on his mother's case, a bolt of lightning hits him and he gains super speed. He's been struck by the lightning. That's the mythos. But he's a human. He can run through walls, he can run across water, he can run so fast that he can move into another plane of frequency where there's another reality. The thing about The Flash is that the past isn't just something he thinks about, it's an actual place he can visit. The Flash has all of time, past and present. Space-time continuum, how awesome is that? Yeah, so, so, so... Ezra Miller was talking about, you know, uh, he, he got struck by lightning, but he's a human, but he has all these powers. He can, like, run through walls. He can run across water. Uh, and he can he, he, something to the extent of he can run into another frequency where there's, like, another plane of existence. Now, that was what was interesting to me. Now, is he referring to time travel? No, he's referring or, to the speed or force. Or is he referring to the speed force? Yeah, I think, I think he's definitely referring to the speed force there. Now, the time travel discussion came more of kind of the commentary Okay, so Jeff Johns, Kevin Smith, they're talking about it, and they they talk specifically about how you know he can experience time, and you know he doesn't just remember time; he's able to actually go back and re-experience time, and and so you know it's it's interesting to see how they'll um, you know play around with those concepts, and it does sound like they are going very deep into time travel with the Flash, which is always appreciated and uh, and expected in the concept art that we see. The kind of the motion concept art is actually mm-hmm. Barry running and catching bullets. And it's great to see because this is our first little glimpse at the costume. We, of course, had that concept art and this Justice League uh, walking poster, moving poster that they put out with concept art as well. Now, Barry is at the very back of the group, which is unfortunate. Uh, so it's more difficult to actually get the details from his costume. But it does appear yeah. that the the claims that this would be somewhat inspired off of the uh, Injustice Gods Among Us armor style does seem about right. It does appear to have a little bit more of that kind of texture as opposed to what we've come to know from the, uh, the pleather look that, uh, that Grant Gustin has been sporting. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it will be interesting to see. I'm actually looking at that right now. It also looks like he's wearing fingerless gloves. Oh, all right. Good catch. Which is interesting. When he's reaching out to catch the bullet, like you can kind of see it looks kind of maybe like plating or something on the suit. And then there's some, some fingerless gloves definitely in there. Uh, but he doesn't have the chin portion of the mask like we normally see. So. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, like I said, man, it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing with it. Um, Ezra Miller, you know, I, I, I think, uh, there's a, a good fan support out there for this guy to pull it off. You know, he's got some big shoes to fill. Grant has done a phenomenal job bringing the flash, uh, to television and to mainstream audiences. And, you know, I, even though, you know, they're both younger looking guys, there's a way that I feel like Grant carries himself that seems a little bit older, a little bit more mature. And honestly, I, yeah. I'm not saying that Ezra can't pull it off. I'm just saying that I've yet to see it. And so I, I'm, I'm admittedly a little skeptical, however optimistic with what he can do with Barry Allen. And, uh, as we get closer to more Justice League and, and of course the Flash solo film, uh, we'll, we'll continue to look at it and uh, keep you up with what's going on there. You know, uh, Kevin Smith, of course, was featured in this featurette, and it's appropriate because it was announced during the hiatus that Kevin Smith will actually be directing an episode of The Flash this season. I'm so excited about that, man. Yeah. I love Kevin Smith. 
And so just when I heard that, I was like, holy crap, that's going to be so awesome. I hope it's in black and white. And I hope the Flash talks about Death Star, like Death Star construction workers, or at least Cisco. Cisco, Cisco I was about needs to, say. to bring up. Yeah, Cisco needs to bring up the topic of independent contractors on the Death Star. If if that happens, I will squee. Like I, like, I would just like hope that girl. that we get like I, it needs to be. I'm like if anything, I'm hoping that it's a very Cisco centric episode because you definitely see that uh, he would be such a great character to channel some of uh, Kevin Smith's uh, monologue goodness. So I I, I would I love to see, see that happen. Yeah. I want to see it'll be the inside of Cisco's apartment. All you see is just a pile of clothes on the floor. And then all of a sudden a phone starts ringing and a hand comes out and it's Cisco out of the pile of clothes. He picks up the phone. He says, what? Huh? I'm not even supposed to be there today. <laughs> <laughs> then he hangs up the phone. He goes to uh, Star Labs. <laughs> just make it a total clerk's homage. That'd be great. I'd love that. Oh, gosh. I would love that. Yeah. And then and, and, uh, the villain of the week could be a giant poop monster. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Which would of course, be a dogma reference. They could oh, definitely. Oh, that made me that. sad. Uh, and actually, they could uh, bring uh, they could bring Hawkman in for that too, and then have him. Uh, yeah. You know, I actually used uh, dogma uh, as a reference point when I was making the argument for why Hawk Hawkman and Hawkgirl should have, um, you know, realistic not realistic but um, practical effect wings because everybody was saying like, oh, yeah. oh, practical effects wings don't work, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Look at Dogma. Look at Affleck and Damon. They they are pulling off those wings and they look great. So you can and, definitely and have Metatron. That. You can't forget about Metatron. Uh, oh rest man, of these, yeah, dude. I when uh, of course he passed away uh, over the hiatus as well. And um, yeah. I mean, I I don't know if it's appropriate or, or inappropriate or not. But I mean, after I I heard about that, the the moment where he reveals himself as a Seraphim, and that. Uh, in that uh, in that film and dogma and the the wings come out behind him it's such a cool scene and they just oh, it looks brilliant. so it looks like they're growing out of his back it's such a great practical effect so anyway all that yeah. to say kevin smith the flash that's happening <laughs> oh yeah hey this is patrick sabongi and you're listening to flash tv talk Right, now, listener feedback is a little difficult this week because of, as I mentioned at the top of the show, me being out of town and relying on hotel internet, uh, well, basically has taken away the internet. So I don't have access to any listener feedback. However, however, we do have Bell, and Bell is checking our iTunes reviews. Bell, what are the people saying on the iTunes? So this one is by Not Applicable, which is a hilarious name. Uh, <laughs> they write great flash podcast. This podcast is professional and it's great to listen to bell, learn things for the first time alongside listeners. Keep it up guys. And great feedback. We actually also got in some great emails and uh, Facebook messages as well as some tweets right before going live, especially talking about the new Dawn of justice, uh, featurette. And unfortunately because of the internet situation, I'm unable to read them. So, so <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll definitely read them next episode. And I apologize to those of you who sent that in. Um, man, technology. What, 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 who is the arch nemesis of this podcast? Uh, it's dead air. Dead air. So dead air is out to get us guys. It's zoom TV talk and dead air have teamed up, uh, once again to, uh, to thwart us. However, the heroic flash TV talk is still bringing it to you this week, even with every single one of the technical difficulties that is, uh, constantly bombarded us. Hopefully all of the, uh, <laughs> this will become an, an edited into a wonderful listening experience and, 
uh, not just a terrible tragedy that it has been tonight. But, um, but I do want to encourage you, you know, if, if you like listening to this show, if you like listening, uh, to Flash TV talk, head over to iTunes, write us a review. We will actually be giving away a free digital comic because every single 10th review that we get, we do give away a free digital comic. And I believe we had our numbers. Uh, so next week for sure, we will definitely be sending out a free digital comic. We also want you to encourage you to check out our new Twitch channel at twitch.com slash panel to screen. Uh, keep up with us as we are playing DC Universe Online as that comes available on Xbox. We will probably be making a speedster. I'm almost positive that that will be occurring. So if that is your preference, uh, you will find it on Bell and Bow Play DCUO. You can also find I love this the alliteration there, man. That isn't that great. It makes me so happy. The alliteration. Yeah. 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 It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Uh, you can also uh, find this podcast not only on iTunes but also on the brand new Satchel podcast player. Satchel is a brand new podcast player available on Android on your Google Play Store on Android, and actually currently by invitation only. And if you want to get in on the beta for the Satchel podcast player, go to satchelplayer.com/slash iPhone. Uh, to get in on that really great podcast player. While you're listening, you can tweet into your favorite podcast. You can see the show notes for the episodes in a great dynamic way. You can even send a few dollars to your favorite podcast while you're listening to them with the Satchel Podcast Player. So again, satchelplayer.com for more information there. We want to thank our new sponsor, Geek Fuel. Head over to geekfuel.com slash flash TV talk. Uh, to get yourself some wonderful geeky goodness. And of course, you can keep up with us at Flash TV Talk on the Twitter. And if 140 characters is enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podastery.com. That's P O D A S T E R Y dot com. And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash flash TV talk. Yeah, you know what? Follow us on Twitter as well. At the real Bo York is me. At ring that bell is. Bell. You can find all of the links to our personal contact information as well as the contact information for this show at flashtvtalk.com. And it's a whole nother week before you'll hear more from us. But you know what? Don't worry, because we'll be back in a flash. <laughs>